You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Welcome to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. I am excited to announce we're interviewing. Uh, we got a guest today, Nolly Williams. And if you're in real estate, uh, you know the name. Uh, if you're not in real estate, we've got a lot of people that are not in real estate that listen to the podcast. This guy is, he's just a great energy, great to be around. I'm excited to dive into his story. Most of the interviews that you've heard from us, we have a pretty good relationship with, uh, with the guest. But uh, I'm excited that we don't really have a relationship with Nolly. I mean, we've met a couple times. We've been up some things together. We've taken a couple selfies together. Uh, if you're ever around Nolly, he's always, let's take a selfie. You know, he's, uh, and he's always, the, hey, send it to me. You know, so he just loves to be around people. Uh, a lot of great energy. I'm excited to spend the next hour or so kind of breaking down, you know, how he came up through and what's important to him in life. Now, Nolly, the one thing that we always start people out with on the podcast is uh, obviously our podcast is called Success Without Sacrifice. So when you hear that, what does that mean to you? Well, hey, Jerry. Hey, Jacoby. I'm super excited to be here. And Success Without Sacrifice. I mean, it, I think it's a great title for a podcast. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a copy guy. So I love the name. Love the name. And, you know, for me, Success Without Sacrifice means that you you can have success, you can have it all, but you don't have to leave behind the things that you cherish. You know, uh, we have four bodies. Okay, we got to remember that we have a spiritual body, we have a mental body, we have an emotional body, and we also have a physical body. And when you talk about success without sacrifice, what you're talking about is, yes, I can have success, but I can also have health, I can have wealth and health. Yes, I can have them both. Uh, I can have a spiritual life, and have money in the bank. What? Oh, yeah, you can do that. You mean I can be in, in touch with my emotions as a man and um, and still be rich? Yes. And still be an entrepreneur and still be able to pursue my passion, my dreams. So for me, it's it's like um, it's not either or it's both and more, you know, so or all and more, if you say it that way. So so that's what success without sacrifice means to me. It means to be well balanced. And it means to be, the last thing I'm going to say is it means to be integrous. Um, and integrity, the word integrity just means to be whole. That's all it means, to be whole. And uh, when, you're, when you're not whole, for example, your marriage is on the rocks, but you know, you, you're making tons of money in the game, whatever game you choose, then that's not, that's not being an in integrity. That means you have a piece missing, okay? And it's okay. I mean, we all get there at times, but success without sacrifice at the end of the day means to be in integrity. That's awesome. I think that's a, I think that wraps it up good. I mean, that's a good fit for the conversations that we have uh, on a weekly basis here. Now, just to back that up a little bit, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, I kind of flipped that. Usually we get into that, but just tell us a little, a, a little background about yourself and where you're from and just kind of a, you know, what you want people to know. So I was born in Brooklyn, New York in 1970. So do the math, you know, um, and here, here's the thing. My my uh, mom and dad separated 
when I was five years old. So I grew up in a broken home. Um, I, we moved to, when I was five, we moved to, we were living in Ohio. And by the time I was 10 years old, we ended up moving to California. Why? Because my uncle was in California and my mom wanted to be close to her brother. And so we moved, we, my mom found the cheapest place she could find in California. It was a tiny little city uh, in Los Angeles called Compton. <laughs> and uh, this was in 1980. So figure that out. Yeah. Uh, so we moved to South Central LA uh, in 1980. And my mom was like, this is not good. This is not a place to raise a kid. So then we moved about 30, 40 miles away to a, to a smaller town. And so I was, but it was still LA. It was uh, Los Angeles area. And I grew up there until I was about 18, but I got into sales and, and, and marketing and uh, entrepreneurship when I was 13 years old, probably before then. But for sure, when I was 13, I'd go door to door, knocking on doors, selling newspapers, selling candy, selling whatever I could to make money, to make profit. And I liked the whole idea of taking 25 cents and converting that into a dollar or taking a dollar and converting that into 250. Uh, my mom used to give us five bucks every day which was a lot of money back then, actually, now that I think back on it, for lunch, because we didn't qualify for the lunch program. And so I would take that $5, I would stock up on candy, I'd go to school and convert it into about 15 bucks. You know, I take that now and laters, y'all don't know about that. But, yeah, now like, and laters, they pull your teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> I take that pack, break it up, sell them for 10 cents each. You know, so I, I was all, I, and, and my dad was an entrepreneur as well. So we go visit, uh, summers, we go stay with my dad. And then the rest of the year it was with my mom. When I turned 18, I needed to get away from California because I started getting into when you're when you're a consummate salesperson, um, sometimes it, 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 and it p- depends on your moral compass. Right. Um, in California, there's a lot of stuff you can sell that's not so kosher. Right. So my uncle was like, boy, you need to get out of here. Stop hanging with these knuckleheads. 18 years old. And, uh, you know, I left home when I was 16. And, uh, and, and so I ended up moving, I actually didn't move. I came to visit Austin, Texas. Okay. I had a, a duffel bag, uh, maybe a, enough supplies for a couple of weeks. And I just never left. <laughs> I never took that flight back home because I loved it. I mean, look at me now, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I came here kind of a, a little bit of a thug. And, uh, so many years later, God got a hold of me when I was 18 years old. And, uh, you know, changed my life, got married at the age of 22. Um, but, but, you know, I started my first business at the age of 23. And I started that business with about $1,800 that I got from friends and family. And I didn't borrow the money. They just gave me $50 here, $100 there, because they knew I wanted to be in business for myself, you know. And since the age of 23, I've, I've never taken a W-2. That $1,800 within five years I was making 150,000 a month in that business. It was in the music industry. Uh, I had 14 employees. I had 18 recording artists on the label. Uh, I had a 6,000 square foot home on 10 acres with a 1,200 square foot studio and a 1,500 square foot office building on the property. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> I just didn't know, right? Because I, I was a college dropout and I just didn't really have a business acumen, but I, but I had an affinity, a love for business. And so by the time I was 33, I was on, I was out of the business. Why? Because I didn't change with the industry. The industry ended up going digital and I didn't. And so we lost all our sales. Uh, we had a great lucrative distribution deal with EMI capital. We lost everything. 
And it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And real estate was, was the game that, that I ended up jumping into. Um, and just real brief on that, you know, I got in the game, I studied the game this time. I really studied what I was doing and I spent a lot of time studying it actually. And I was able to take over a thousand listings my first 10 years in the business and, uh, but found out that I love coaching, teaching, training. That's what I love to do. Kind of like you guys. Um, I love giving back and, and it just makes me feel good. So, so that's what I do now. I teach, train, coach. Uh, my specialty is listings and I help uh, real estate agents earn a quarter million or more a year working four hours a day. That's kind of my jam, what I, what I love to do. So that's, that's the brief synopsis of my life. Yeah, that's really good. That's actually the first time I actually uh, found you was I was looking for, I was doing some research on real estate and I'm like, I know I don't want to be driving people around all the time. And so everybody always says listings, 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 right? And so I got into some of your stuff. I saw your stuff. I actually, the first thing I saw about you was the the book you had. And uh, it's where you, you know, you bring value to other people and you help pay for the book, but you also bring value to people and that's how you can get it paid for and all that. So as you're telling your story, the one thing I always liked about you whenever I watched you is your, I feel like I know you when you're on the camera and then everything you say is just practical, right? Or at least it, it seems that way to me. So I actually kind of want to back up to this. So you owned your own record label. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, how did I you start, even, how did you get, even get into that? So is it like, like, I want to know the genesis of that. Is it like, oh, I love music. And then I know these folks and it's relationships or how does that, how does that even happen? So, so my dad was a musician. And uh, so I grew up with that, gen I think genetically, he could play just about any instrument you name. Um, he was a specialist on the guitar, but he played keyboard, drums and, and so on. He had a band. And um, when I, when I first heard run dmc y'all don't know nothing about that but Heck yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> jerry's your jerry's your age so he does but when i heard sucker mcs two years ago a friend of mine asked me to say some mc rock when i heard that i was like i want to be a rapper that, that's all i wanted to do 13 years old and my mom thought i was crazy you know uh and but I loved I I just fell in love with rap music and my dad was like boy that ain't music <laughs> I was like I was no, like I don't I, know I, I'm having trouble the only thing I can think of is Ron DMC the Fat Boy Sir Mix a Lot oh look NWA, at you Houdini like... Houdini come on now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Fat, now. <laughs> Fat Boys all right yeah. so so uh, anyway so 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 I got into I got into uh, I got my mom to get me a turntable started learning how to scratch uh, they called me Scratch Master K back in the day, way back in the day. Um, and then it started, my name became Rub-A-Dub. And, uh, and, and then I just, I mean, that was just my life, man. I would always be writing, writing my rhymes, you know, and, and, and I just want, aspired to become a rapper. Well, by the time, so I did that for, and I would, by the, when I was 16, I was already going to the studio making demos and I wanted to be a gangster rapper though. What's up, fool? You know, I was, I was really, to me, it was like a wannabe gangster, you know what I'm saying? Because my my mom had a master's degree. Uh, she's a she grew up with a or she had a, a degree in psychology. So I grew up being analyzed. But I went I went to school. So I was kind of not I was like in the outskirts of the hood, not really in the hood, if you will. Um, but I but I like that that life and that environment of the you know the the naughty lifestyle, if you will. But by the time but I was raised in 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 uh, I was raised knowing the Lord, knowing Jesus, right? So. So by the time I was 18, I returned to my faith 
And that's when I was like, man, I'm giving up rap completely. Uh, and I just, I just got away from doing, cause I didn't, I, I was like, I'm not going to be a gangster rapper reading the scriptures, you know? Uh, and then I found out about Christian rap. So I became a Christian rapper and, and, and no labels would sign me. So, because my, my style was like West coast, kind of like, um, like an NWA style, but, but Christian. Right. And it was like, boy, we don't want, that's too, that ain't confusing. <laughs> yeah. It's confusing. You, you know? Uh, and so, so, so I ended up putting out my own cassette, if you will. Uh, it, and then I put out, and then the $1,800 was to create my, my first album, my first full album, went to the studio, did that. And, um, but, and, and then other artists started reaching out to me, Hey, can I be on your label? I'm like, man, I don't really have a label. I'm just doing my own thing. And, but little by little, I started learning the game and, uh, sign an artist. And I had one little distribution deal then we got a bigger distribution deal with uh, with a uh, bigger distributor uh, that was independent. They had 42 labels and within and the guy just gave me a chance, you know, the, the owner. Uh, but within two years, we were the number one label out of 42 labels at that distributorship. And then that's when EMI Capital got on the phone and called us. It was really like a storybook. They called us up. Hey, we want to you know, we're going to fly out, check out your operation. They flew out. And that, this was when I was 29 years old, um, and they gave me a $650,000 advance to sign on with them as a. Now the again, it's advance. It's not. It's not a bonus. It's it, you got to pay it back. <laughs> so they. So so that year, uh, I made two million dollars that year. So so I made my first million when I was 29 years old, and uh, had a, a and, and we became the number one Christian rap label in the world. Um, and we did that from two from uh, from 93 to about 2003. So it was about a 10 year deal. So I want to, I want to stop you right there. There's so yeah, sure. much in there, right? So you, you, you got this advance and then you went to, you said you sold or you, y'all made 2 million, right? Yeah. That year I made $2 million. Cause we were, we were making about 150 grand a month at that point. So how did you, how did you get to that point? Like, cause you said you had no training in the business. So unpack that a little bit, like, let us know, you know, like what skills, you know, how do you, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, so, you, so here's, you do? here's the thing. Here's the thing about me. So I was never good in school because I didn't like school. Okay. I was just talking to a young man about this uh, recently. I didn't like school at all. Why? Because the subjects didn't interest me. Um, I was always uh, put in the gifted classes because of how I tested because I, the aptitude was there, but the, the but to apply it wasn't, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to, I like to do what interests me. And I'll go all in if it interests me. So I'm the I'm the guy. I, I'm a bit of a nerd. I read a I read a book a week, and I've I've done that since I was in my early 20s. And and so I so I all my training and, and schooling came from reading books, you know. And and there's a lot of information in books. I, you know, I tell people like my sister will call me. Hey, I got a problem. I say, Hey, there's a book for that. Hey, this is the book you need to read. She's like, You always tell me about a book. I want I want you to tell me. Like I could tell you, but this book is really good, you know. So I, I educated myself through through uh, reading. Actually, when I was in fifth grade, I was reading on a sophomore college level. It's just a gift, and so um, it, I, I like to read. I like to write, and I, and I'm into that. Other subjects, not so much. Uh, so so that's that's how I was able to do most of what I did was I I would just study how other people did it. And then I would emulate the, the issue with real, with uh, the music industry is there's really not a lot of books on how to start a record label. So 
I couldn't find much information on that. Thankfully, in real estate, there was so much information when I got into this business in this industry that I was able to really, really read up on it and do very well. And so, so even though I did really well, my downfall was I really didn't know how to allocate. You know, I didn't know about cash flow, how to allocate monies. Um, I had way too many employees. I had 14 employees when I probably could have run an operation with five. And you know, there's funny, funny thing, man. When you when you're making a lot of money, you sometimes you can make a lot of bad decisions as well. Um, and who, by the way, who think about 29 years old, you make two million dollars. That's that could be a blessing and a curse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so it was interesting. Very interesting. I was talking with Tristan Amato, which you, I know you're friends with. Oh and, yeah, I love Tristan. Uh, he's like, oh, you got to ask him about his backstory. It's really good. Yeah, so, we haven't even gotten we haven't gotten to the dark part of it, but that that's 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 the past. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah, you know when the the thing is, you know, I was raised my mom. So here's the thing: when I was 16 years old, I never liked rules. When I was 16 years old. I just told my mom something that you should never tell a mother. I said, I don't need a mother anymore. I'm out. And I was, it was, it was, it was, it was sad, but that's what happened. And, Mm -hmm. and I left and I, and I stayed with my boys, my homies, the mom here, get this. The mom was on crack cocaine. Okay. And it was just all like, like five or six teenagers that lived in the house and it was the land of anything goes. Okay. So I did that for two years and it wasn't pretty. I tell you that it wasn't pretty, but, you know, I sold my wild oats and, uh, and I realized that, um, I lived really fast and, and there was several times in there that I should have lost my life truthfully, but I didn't God, God spared me for, a, for a greater and a bigger purpose. And, uh, and so, so now I'm just trying to live that purpose every single day. Cause truthfully, I shouldn't have made it out of my teens, <laughs> you know, the way I was living. I got a question for you on that then is what, uh, well, what changed for you or what, what is the difference? Right. Because we always hear people talk and it's like, oh, well this person, they've been given everything and yet they might succeed or they might not succeed. And then one person, they have nothing or they grew up with nothing and they might succeed or they might not succeed. And so I'm always asking that question too, almost like Tony Robbins says, he's like, I'm interested in like what makes people do what they do. You know what I mean? So what was that for you? Or what is your thoughts on like, you know, based on where you came up from, what was maybe that decision point or what happened to you where you're like, okay, this is, this is it. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to change my life or I'm going to, you know, I am going to work towards, you know, doing something better. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly what happened. And, And here's the thing, man, there's some people that are internally wired to reach their ultimate greatness. And, and, and some aren't, and it's just a matter of, can you flip that on? Can they, can they, can you, can you click that switch? And, you know, one of my coaches talks about this, uh, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. But what he taught me was he said, but you can throw salt in their mouth. And we do that every day. I do that all the time. I throw salt in their mouth and it makes them thirsty. Mm-hmm. Then they, then they, then they go get that drink. So that that's another topic. But what happened for me was I was back in the day, I was, I was staying at this house and y'all listening to this. Now don't judge me now. This is my story, but this is just, just being real here. This is no so judgment was, zone. Yeah. No judgment zone. I was 17 years old, young knucklehead thought I, man, I thought I knew everything. In fact, when I left home, I was 16 years old. And when I reconciled with my mom, I was 18. And I'm surprised at how much she learned in two years. 
You know, when, when, when you know, two years, two years when I left, she didn't know nothing. Then I was like, mom, you, you learned a lot. Anyway, I thought I knew everything. And so one day I'm sitting at the house and, and my buddy, his name is Sag Loke. He came over driving his 64 or whatever. I had a 64 Impala. He had some, some other car and he came driving up, bumping his music. Uh, he used to pl- like to play the shy lights. And so he was, he was like, man, Nolly, uh, well, he, they call me dub. He said, Hey dub, let's go hit the spot. I was like, nah, man. I, cause I, I, I had a nine to five back then. I worked from nine o'clock at night till five in the morning. <laughs> that was my shift, right? Selling stuff that you shouldn't sell. And so, and back then it was, it was, everybody was like a dope dealer. In fact, when I was 15, I got, I got busted in, in, uh, high school. Um, and at this high school, get this. I went to Verdugo Hills High School and uh, it was, we call it Verdrugo, okay? And uh, I was kind of introduced to the game and there was 62 students arrested for, for drug dealing <laughs> in one school. Can you believe that? Anyway, so, uh, so I'm, I'm here with, with, with SAG and uh, I'm like, man, I don't go out in the day, but he liked, he liked to do the day shift. I like the night shift. And I, so he was like, no, nah, man, let's go out. I was like, no, nah, man, I don't like going out during the, during the day. Anyway, I went out with him. And so while we're out there, we're, we're doing our business and uh, the cops pull a raid. We were in the projects in Pacoima, California, and the cops pulled a raid. I mean, they were coming from everywhere. So uh, I'd never been in a raid before. So I'm like, every, as soon as they say freeze in the hood, that means run. <laughs> so that, that, that's all. So, so we say freeze, boom, we're out. And so there was so many of us just scattering. It wasn't enough cops to catch us all. And so a cop would be coming toward me, ready to catch me. And then I duck, you know, I'm a, I'm a thin dude. So I duck and, and swerve and he'd get another guy and so on. This happened like repeatedly till I made it out. And interestingly enough, there was a Catholic church that we said, if, if there was ever a situation, we all meet up at this Catholic church. That was like the, the spot that we, that we meet up. So, so I met up and I was like, okay, we're sad. And they said, uh, oh, you saw what happened to SAG? I said, no, what, where's, where's SAG at? I said, man, he got, he got popped. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, SAG Lope was out on, uh, he was out on parole time for drug dealing. And there was a three strikes, you know, back then Reagan was in, in power and there was a three strike rule and that was his third strike. He was out. They sent him to prison for life. Mm-hmm. Now he didn't serve life, but that was his sentence. And, uh, and I ended up going home that day and they, they jumped on him. And, and anyway, it was, it was bad. And so it traumatized me. And I was like, man, what am I doing that? I should have easily been caught. And I was already on probation too, right. From the high school thing. And so I was like, man, I'm throwing my life away. And so little by little, I started reading the Bible that my mom had given me and I just kept it for good luck. I was like, I just keep it around, you know, just in case. And uh, I just started reading man through the book of John reading, reading, reading. And then I came across John 15, five. It says, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. And I was like, oh, that's why my, I was a little thug at the time. And I'm thinking, man, that's why my life is not going anywhere. Cause I don't have this dude. I don't have this homie in my life. So I just, in my own little way, man, I started coming closer and closer to the Lord. And I just started shedding the things that I was doing started wanting to, and then, and then God opened an opportunity for me to completely get away from that life. When my uncle came to visit uh, California and talked about me visiting Texas. And so it just uprooted me from everything that I knew 
and put me into something that was like, whoa, people living like this, this is different, you know? <laughs> and, and so I, so it, it was really um, desire, internal desire. And it was also being put into a, an atmosphere, okay, or uh, sort of a space, if you will, to be able to thrive. Now, it is true that you can give those same things to different people, and some will, some won't. The reason for that is still unknown. I'm still studying that, too, just like Tony is, and you guys are. But thank God, you know, that I was one of the ones that really snapped out of it and left because many of my friends are either dead in jail or they, they just grew up not doing anything with their lives, most of them. Mm. Was the Texas uncle the same? Was he the California uncle? Yeah, he was a California uncle. Then he came to Texas. Yeah. So. Yeah. Following your uncle around. I've been following around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No doubt. I, wanna, I have a question. Uh, this one's definitely self-serving because I really struggle with this. At 52, and I just started my kind of what I would call my personal growth journey in my 40s. Like yeah. I always let life come to me. Um, and then... Uh, met some people and got around guys like Jacoby and Jacoby that it was this, no, you can, you can build a life. And, um, and so really started working at that. So I have a 26, a 21 and a 15 year old. And so like my 15 year old has a much better version of me than my 26 year old son had. And so I struggle in that. How do you get, you know, how do you, you lead a horse to water? When you said, I always give him books and videos and stuff. And then he gets mad at me and says, why don't you, why can't you ever just teach me anything? And I'm like, well, I'm just teaching you how I'm taught. And, you know, so we've had that conversation. So it's the, you know, how have you seen, how have you found some success in taking somebody that doesn't have the desire, like we're talking about, or like that we have, and kind of instilling that desire in them Like you refer to it as, oh, we're just going to put some salt in their mouth. So they go drink yeah. water. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because most people don't realize that everything that they do is to their, their ultimate desire is for a feeling. Okay. And they're ultimately their desire and happiness. That's what they, what they want. And happiness is really a byproduct of living your purpose. And so like when a person says, I want a million dollars, well, I, I, I made my first million over 20 years ago and I've made many, 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 many millions since then. Okay. But the reality is that's not what does the trick. They want the million so that they can do X so that they can feel Y, you know, or they can have this. They, they believe that that's what they need in order to to finally be fulfilled, if you will. And most people just don't realize that the ultimate goal in this journey of life is to reach your ultimate greatness. And I didn't even understand it at first. I mean, when I read the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, I was 33 years old. And Gary kept talking about, you know, reaching your ultimate potential and all that. I was like, man, that's crap, dude. Get to the good stuff. Or like, how do I get some listings up in here? And uh, I'm like, he's getting etherical on me, you know, whatever. But the reality is what you have to, in my, in what I've learned is um, most people won't join like me from a coaching standpoint for, to learn how to be better developed personally. They don't care about that. They, but if I say, hey, I'm going to teach you. Uh, how to make a million dollars like I did, you know, when I was 29, and you'll be able to do it in 30 hours or less. They want that. And when they subscribe, it's like, oh, by the way, the way you do that is you become self-realized. Oh, what does that mean? So you you just have to get them to, so th throwing salt in their mouth is, for example, I have a group 
that's uh, my inner circle. And in my with my inner circle, I do special things that I don't do with 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 the others. Okay. And to be in my inner circle, you have to have five agents that you've personally enrolled, personally sponsored into Mentorship Masters, a group that I run here at EXP. So I've got right now eight members, and I got a lot of other members uh, that are that are aspiring to be in that inner circle. So I'll do things like, for example, I'll take them out to a special dinner, and then we'll well, you know, we'll take a lot of pictures and we'll post that so everybody can see, hey, just had a great dinner with my inner circle. Man, we talked about this, this and that. These guys are really on fire, whatever. That's throwing salt in their mouth. Oh, oh I want to be in the inner circle. How can I do that? Right. Um, or, you know, it, so it's, it's things like that. It's really it, it's anything that you can do to create desire within that person for the thing that they uh, that they really should desire, but don't. And the reality is uh, this is what God does with us. He throws salt in our mouth. You know, he doesn't really like um, when the Lord gives you a passion or a vision towards something. He doesn't answer every question up front. He doesn't give you the full picture. He doesn't. He might just give you one step. He might give you the the, the end game. And then you're like, well, how do I do that? Like, you don't know how to do it. It's just step by step by step. But he continues to throw a little bit of salt in your mouth. So you're like, mm, I'm thirsty. I want I want a little bit more of that. I'm going to keep going. So it's it really is a concept that I probably should unpack at some point in, in a training, um, a free training that I do. But yeah, throwing salt in their mouth is really, because you, you got to make, it's got to come from them. It's got to be their own internal desire. If if I tell you, you know, that you need this, Jerry, you need this, or you need that, you're not going to want to do it because we're naturally rebellious. We naturally, uh, the thing that we desire, the thing that we need most is the thing that we rebel against most or that we push the most against. You know what I'm saying? And so um, so it's just a matter of like for your son, for example, um, you know, whatever his. And by the way, different people have different ways of learning. So it's all about aptitude. And this is very important. So everyone that every one of my members in my mentorship masters takes an aptitude test, which is the disc, or they can take the Myers-Briggs or they can do uh, a more advanced one that we have. And these basically what they do is they show that. Everyone has a different style of learning. Not everybody really learns from books. You know, some people learn from books. Some people learn from seminars. Some people learn from audios. Um, some people learn from podcasts like, like this one. And so there are different ways that people learn, but it really has to be self-discovery. You know, it, it can't just be you telling the person, but, but you have to tickle, okay? You have to tickle that internal desire so that they have the desire to to, to scratch that itch, you know, but it's gotta be their itch, not yeah. the itch that you're, that, that, that you have for them that, you know, if that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, a, uh, you know, when you go down this journey, it's almost a lot of, it's almost, it, it almost goes in circles. It's like, well, what, what is he talking about this? Is, but I'll tell you, there's a couple of books that I highly recommend if that's okay. Yeah. Um, one of them to, to really, if you, if you're really serious about, becoming the, the best version of yourself. And that's how you're going to easily and effortlessly make money, okay, or do anything that you want to do in your life. Then there's a couple of things you want to do. Number one, you want to unlock how your mind works. The best book that I've found for that is a book called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. For those of, of you that are, you know, watching this, you can see, but if you're, if you're just listening, um, it's by Joseph Murphy. And uh, it's on Amazon for like seven bucks. You know, the power of your subconscious mind. It's an older book, classic, super, super good. There's another book um, 
that I don't have in front of me, but it's called Letting Go. Letting Go by Dr. David Hawkins. And that really is, it really helps you get in touch with your emotional body. This one gets you really unlocks your mental body. Okay. So those two books, I highly recommend that people start there. If you want to, because here's the thing, if you, if you want to, if, if you're going to be, get a million dollars, you best become a millionaire real quick <laughs> or you'll lose it all, right? You'll lose it all just like I did. So, you know, having the money and keeping the money are two separate things. I lost pretty much everything when I was 33 and I'm glad I did now. At the time, it wasn't so easy, but, it, but I'm glad I did because now I'll, I will never, I'll never lose. I've got the recipe and it, and it really doesn't matter. Making money is, is unimportant because uh, I'll, never, I'll, I'll never be in feast or famine and I'll never go without because I've got the knowledge to, cre- you know, to create wealth really almost like out of thin air, uh, which is another thing because that's where almost where money comes from, by the way. But yeah, hope, hope that helped that's- answer the question. You got my brain going in so many yeah. different directions and I just, I don't know where to push it at. Cause I'm like, man, we, we only got so much time, but I think the one thing I just think about is, is two things that pop up to me is one is leadership, right? So basically I can tell you're a good leader and based off what you're saying. And the other thing that popped in my head while you're talking is like, even from your past, I'm like, man, there are so many people that have the skills that they need to be successful, you know? And so how do we, even I'm just thinking about people in my life, how do you just try to guide them to use those in the way that they need to use them? And then the other thing, I think that's why you're such a good marketer too, right? Because you have to know how people think and try to put things in front of them before they actually happen or show them that they need something. And then depending on how you use those skills that you have, you can use that force for good or you can use it for bad, right? Correct. That's um, correct. That, uh, that's, that's kind of the things that are, that are going in my head. The one thing I want to ask you though, you mentioned, you said you read a book a week, how long have yeah. you been doing that? And then is that just your desire for wanting to know what you want to know? You love to learn. Like, what is that? What is that all about? So that that's just, you know, the nerd in me <laughs> and I have a desire to learn, man. I mean, my, if, if, if we go, if we walk down the street and there's a bookstore, my wife will cross the street and, and, ha- and grab me with her. Right. Cause it used to be when I was younger, I could get away with, it. I've been, I've been married almost 30 years, so I can't get away with a lot of stuff. My, she's, she's figured out a lot of my tricks, but, but I would, <laughs> I would say, Hey honey, let's go in the bookstore for a few minutes. We'd be there for hours, man, because I just, I just thrive. And if I could, it would be my ultimate desire to just walk in a bookstore and just download all these books into me. So, so, I mean, I just love it, man. And I can't say, I mean, it's a gift. It's not something that, that I can be uh, envious of or, or boastful about because it's just how I'm wired. I just love to learn. There's a big bookcase uh, behind me. And then there's another big stack of books. And by the way, when I read books, I read like five or six books at a time. And so it's kind of a weird style. I've, I've run across other people that read this way too, but I'll be reading five or six books. So I'll read one for like, you know, 30 minutes and then I'll, you know, pick up another one. And it's just like, I don't know, because with movies, I like to watch the movie from the beginning to the end. But with books, it's just different for me. Um, it's just kind of way the, the way my mind works. And then when I got turned on the Audible, forget it. You know, we're, it's, it's game over. Now I'm now we can do it. So it and, and honestly, a lot of the ideas that I that I have in, in life and business come from books. 
it, it's surprising how many people have poured out their heart and soul into these books. And uh, the, the knowledge is just, I mean, you got to have the right books. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to watch what you read. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it's just, in, in, it's an internal thing for me. And uh, to realize that what you desire, desires you. Let me say it again. What you desire, desires you. And uh, a lot of times just through our doubt and fear, okay, we, we push away the things that are actually coming toward us uh, through desire. We're electrical beings. The, the Homo sapiens was created as an electrical being. And we have yet to discover, even though we've discovered electricity, Wi-Fi, radio signals, we have yet to discover the power of the mind because we have far greater capacities as Homo sapiens than Wi-Fi, radio signals, and all this. Um, and it's just like um, Albert Einstein, one of his greatest works that he did in 1921, which got him a Nobel Prize, was uh, in quantum physics. Mm -hmm. And now quantum physics, that's a whole nother podcast, right? But that's that's the study of matter at a subatomic level, you know? And um, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, it, for, for me, you know, going back to your original question, uh, there's so much that if it leaders are readers, okay, leaders are readers. And if you will develop the, the habit, it is a habit, okay, you'll, you'll de uh, develop the love for learning, you know, and be a lifelong learner through reading, it will change your life. I mean, to me, that's the number one habit that I have, besides my probably consistency is number one, but but being a reader is right up there. Awesome. My next question is most of the folks we talk to, they talk about mentors and, you know, leaders that are in their life as well. Is that something that you also incorporate or you have folks or what's what's kind of uh, your take on that? Absolutely essential, you know, without and by the way, when you talk about mentors and leaders, there's there's two different tracks. There's training and there's accountability. So accountability, a lot of people are afraid of the word. I certainly was. I didn't like rules. That's why I left home at 16. But and, and so a lot of people don't like to be accountable, but the word accountable just means the ability to give an account. That's it. So don't don't be afraid of the word. Um, so we so I have people in my life that I'm accountable to. And I also have people in my life that are teachers. By the way, most of my um, teachers are, are, are dead. <laughs> They're gone. Right. But I still learn from them. Right. Uh, like uh, Dr. Joseph Murphy, for example. Um, so, so many, many, many of the people that I follow and our mentors uh, are no longer walking the planet, but they've left behind this thing we call books and, and learning. Now, when it comes to, you know, so, I'll, so, so that's what I'll say about that. But, but I will say from a, from a mentor and, and, and coaching standpoint, when I was eight months in the business, eight months, okay, I hired a coach, $1,000 a month, could not afford it. Okay. But it was the very reason that I couldn't afford it was the reason I needed it. Right. And my coach allowed from my coach, if you, if you take just add up 600 deals times about, I probably made $6 million from my first year of coaching. Okay. From my first year of coaching. And I've never not had a coach since then. Okay. Now, when I was in the music business, I really didn't have a coach or mentor. That's the reason I ran myself into a ditch. Um, cause I didn't, and, but my coach told me something that when I, you know, she said, how many deals do you want to do? I said, I want to do 40 deals a year. She said, Nolly, let's bump that to a hundred. I was like, you crazy. <laughs> you 
you know, everybody else I told I wanted to do 40 deals in my first year thought I was nuts. And now you tell me a hundred. Nah, she said, Nolly, I guarantee you this. If you do a hundred deals a year, you'll work half as much as doing 40 deals a year. And I'll be doggone. I didn't know the difference back then because I was new in the game, but I'll be doggone if she wasn't right. So I bumped my goal up. I did a hundred deals a year for 10 years in a row. And I was able to highly leverage myself to the point where my final year in production, I did 153 deals working about three hours a week. Okay. And so, and I'm highly, 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 I preach leverage. And that's why, that's why I love listings because with listings, I have a 42 step system, 91.3% of every activity on a listing can be outsourced. It doesn't require a license. 91% of those activities do not require a license. Only 9% do. So there's about five activities on any listing I take that require my personal time and attention. That's why I don't want to spend more than four hours on any listing I take. And back in the day, I spent less time than that on, on, on a listing. Are you, seventh level. are you still active? You still list homes? I, I still, I mean, I, 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 I tell people that I'm, you know, retired from the game, but you know, my sponsor EXP always corrects me. He's like, fool, you cap every year, which I do. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm not going for icon and stuff like that. Like, I mean, when I was playing the game, to me, to play the game is doing 100 plus a year deals. Now, I probably do like 10 or 15 personal deals. Uh, I mean, I capped this year. I've, I've capped every year since I retired yeah. uh, five or six years ago. But uh, and I, I basically cherry pick, you know, if it's a friend of mine or, you know, family that's like, man, now you got to come list my home. You know, we, we don't trust anybody else. It, yeah, I, I still do those. And so. So, yes, I'm still in the game to that to that degree. But for the most part, I'm really trying to teach other people. Uh, you know, I paid off my house six years ago, uh, paid off. I don't have any debt, no credit cards. I have no debt. OK, so my thing is, uh, you know, I, I do I, for me, being debt free means being able to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it without lack. See, most people, when they do something in life, they do it with the motivator of lack, L-A-C-K. That's their motivator lack. I don't have, therefore I'm going to do this. See, I have no lack in my life. My bank account's looking pretty good right now. Okay. EXP is paying me crazy amount of money every month, more than I can spend. And I have no debt. So I, I'm living a good life, but I'm driven to do this, not for money because I can make money a whole lot of different ways, but because I'm answerable. Listen to this. I'm answerable to an almighty God that's going to take survey and I'm going to stand before one day. He's going to say, and I'm going to have to give an account accountable, right? I'm going to have to give an account for the life that I did, that I lived and what I did with the things that I have, just by, like the parable of the talents. It, it's coming. And so when I stand, not from fear, but when I stand before God almighty, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to be, what's up? What's up, man? How we doing? brother? And, and the thing is like this, not, not any disrespect, but, you know, it's not what we do that credits us toward God's favor because we have unmerited favor. We can we can be the worst screw ups in, in the world. And God loves us just the same as if we're like, you know, the, the saintliest of saints. But the reality is this. I want to put a smile on God's face. That's my goal. When I get up, I, I want to be like, man, look at my boy, man. He, he, he's doing his thing. You know, I want to put a smile on his face. And so that's that for me, that's that's why I do what I do. 
And it's an internal desire. It doesn't come from outside. It comes from within. And again, going back to this whole thing of learning, the more I read, the more I learn, the more knowledge I get, the more I'm like, man, I could, I could be better in this area or that area, if, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's all great stuff. Now, I have, uh, I've been with EXP just coming up on a year. Jacoby just passed a year. How long have you been at EXP? I've been here for uh, 33 months and uh, see 30 and 28 days. No, just kidding. It's, it's, like, a mother, <laughs> it's like a mother and her baby. How old you been? Yeah, it really, 33 months. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I love so, it, man. I yeah. love it. it. It's just, it's it. And, and by the way, you know, I was recruited to Keller Williams by Gary Keller. Okay. Uh, we live in the same town. He lives about seven miles from my current home right now in a not much better neighborhood, I should say. Uh, but he, we live in the same town. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, that I was recruited there by Gary in, in uh, 2009. My production in Austin was ranked number seven in the city. There was 9,800 agents and uh, Austin Business Journal does their you know, annual report. And my production was ranked number seven out of 9,800. And so uh, Gary Keller's office called me and I was happy at Remax. I was like, man, I'm, I love my broker. And, uh, and I met with Gary and he asked me, he said, Nolly, where, and, and I wasn't going to join Keller Williams. I had no intention, but he said, where do you see yourself in five years? I, see, I said, I see myself giving back, paying it forward, helping others. That's where I see myself. He said, well, why, why don't you do it now? I was like, how would I do that? He said, I guarantee you, if, if you come on with us, we'll hire you as a coach and, 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 and we'll put you out. And I was like, it's, that's it. I can do it now. I don't have to wait five years. It's on. And, that, and that's, that's why I joined Keller Williams. And uh, I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid. I was on an IV drip. I mean, it was mainline. I was never going to leave until, <laughs> until I saw the EXP opportunity, which I didn't want to see. I had no intention of seeing it. And I fought. I, I never want to watch anything about it. But once I did, I, was, I realized that I was out of integrity staying where I was. I'll just put it at that. There was no way I could face my wife every morning knowing that there was this over here and I was settling for that. It just, it, it just you know, so it took me 100 days of sleepless nights and I finally did it. I said, OK, I'm, I, I can't I can't live with myself any longer. I need to do what's right for myself and my family. And uh, it's, it's allowed me to take the, you know, my, my $10,000 a year coaching program, all the stuff I was charging for and, and bring it down to the fantastic price of free, which mm. is what I've always wanted to do. I, I've always wanted to just pour out my heart. But um, one thing I learned when I, when I paid off everything and retired is you still got to make money to, you still have to have money to live. Right. Cause like, even though you ain't got no debt fool, you got <laughs> bills and you like to travel, don't you? Yeah. You like to travel Nolly. All right. So how are we going to do this? So it, it's been, it's been phenomenal, man. I, I mean, it's just been the best business decision of my life, not real estate, but period best business decision out there for me. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing everything, man. Man, just hearing your story and uh, what you had to say and just your insights on everything, I would just say has been absolutely awesome. So I thank you so much uh, just for what you've given us and what you've shared. And I know our audience is definitely gonna gonna take away a lot from that. Um, so that's, I mean, that's really all I got. What, where can people, if they want to be able to find you, where can they find you and how can they reach out to you? So there's a couple places. Um, Nolly.com is probably the best place. K-N-O-L-L-Y.com. That's where everything Nolly lives. 
uh, on my website. And then uh, if you go to nolly.tv, that's my YouTube channel. And that's, I drop a YouTube video every single day where I try to, uh, we usually do daily at 11 o'clock a.m. Central, uh, where I try to give, you know, just free advice, free information, free training, um, because it really is a lot to unpack. You know, um, one of the challenges of reading so many books is all this head knowledge up here. And, and, uh, And by the way, I will say this, that much of my journey over the last five years has been unlearning, you know, unlearning, because we have a lot of crap that we've we've accumulated in our minds over the years and unlearning has been my biggest challenge uh, over the last five years so but nolly.com or nolly.tv um, you'll find me there for sure amazing well we appreciate it and uh yeah i know this is uh this has been a good one i look forward to uh to chatting with you so i appreciate you and thank you so much thank you jerry thank you jacoby it's been a blessing appreciate you guys for what you're doing you know, you're spreading light, man. So I appreciate pre- appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.